The culmination of years of hiding and ridicule are coming to an end tomorrow. An Asian woman laying in a large jacuzzi-style bathtub said confidently as she stroked the chest of the savagely muscular Finn McGregor. His dark auburn hair glistened in the light as he squeezed her supple, muscular, naked body. Mm, not indeed. I'll be a teacher and there'll be a lot of changes made. And then you will legitimize my family again? Mai asked as she sat up. A cascade of water dripped off her perky breasts. Indeed I will. You'll be King Slayers no longer. And will be given a new name, a name that will leave the air of the shoe behind. The Yiran the Righteous. Mm. <laughs> you want more, eh? It's Christmas Eve, after all. Give me another present. Mai seductively purred in her man's ear. They were interrupted by a worried man who walked into the bathroom dressed in the attire of a Scottish butler. Forgive me, sir, but Jason Stark's here to see you. What kind of butler do I have? Have him wait outside or are you a goddamn armadon? Behind the terrified butler, a man dressed in a dark suit with an indigo tie and a pair of black sunglasses walked behind. His long black hair was pulled back into a ponytail, and his skin was a white alabaster hue. Hmm. Don't be mad. I think I will wait here. What the hell, man? I need some privacy after all. A growl came from Mai as Jason Stark pointed his finger at them. Gallivant all the time without any clothing. Bathing is nothing new. I'm going to speak to you one way or another. And if you growl at me ever again, I will make sure you regret it. Finn leaned back into the tub. What do you want? Stark sat down in the sink nearby as he waited for the butler to leave. The butler looked at Finn. Sir? Go get some food and drink for me, my sweet. And for Mr. Stark here if he wants some. 
go, Stark said as the butler swiftly walked by. Pay no mind to him. It was my uncle's butler. Bought out his services outright when I put my uncle's head on a pike for the other members of my estranged family to see. <laughs> and what of her? Oh, she's going to be my queen. Even though you two aren't monogamous to each other? We have the same goal. Sex is a tool. For business or pleasure, but a tool nonetheless. So she stays. <sighs> Very well. Let's go over the next steps of our agreement, Mr. McGregor. Simple. I kill Lionel King, and I become Aikichi. Then what? I... over the Soliantu. You take the blood of Lionel King and place it over the weapon I am going to give to you, and then you say the Ignatian chant. Uh, I, I, I try to memorize his words. I'm not really going to be able to do that. Fine, I'll be present and do so accordingly. Now, where is the Horizon Relic? It's safe. Where is it? I should know, even though we've been cautious about your allegiances, the Crimson Legacy and the Three Sisters are both starting to get suspicious of all this. What's it to you? You're neither of those things. A look of anger came over Jason Stark as the shadows and darkness from the room wrapped around him like wrapping paper. The shadow grew larger as two large raven wings began to protrude from his back, and his eyes began to glow a sickening crimson. His three-piece suit was replaced by dark indigo robes. Mine then leapt out of the tub and shifted forms into their war form to eject fear. Finn was massive compared to Mai, but that made no difference. None of them, however, would attack the being that was Jason Stark. They will hunt us down! If this plan goes awry, you furball hawking dunnets twits! And if you think that I will go back down to the ground, go back to those chains, go back to that prison again, you have another thing coming. I would rather not exist anymore than go through that again. The two lions were petrified of Stark. Mai finally spoke. It's... it's in our safe under lock and key. We will do as you ask. Stark reverted back to his normal form. Excellent. You know my terms. I won't hinder your reign just so you do what I ask. The goal is to release my comrades and our mission on creation. Not what you, kitty cats, will do behind the scenes. He started walking away from the dripping duo, but paused and turned back towards them. Don't bother. I'll let myself out. Lionel caressed a naked Abigail in his arms as the post-coitus glow came over both of them as they spooned together. They had a fabulous dinner of roast turkey and all the trimmings you could have on Christmas Eve. Then she gave him dessert of a different kind. You can do that to me all night long, my Aikichi. Lionel grinned as he cupped her supple body in his hand. Hmm. I might take you up on that. I still have time before dawn. She turned around to look him in the eyes. You'll still need sleep. This is what I need right now. I adore you, Abby. As you should love all your subjects, great Akichi. Be my queen. First among the female pride. 
I thought you were never going to pick one, especially since the death of Jelani. We are losing many of our kind to the senseless war that Finn is waging. I need someone I can count on. Even if Finn is my brother? Even if I am a McGregor? Hell, you took me exceptionally well. I might be with child now as we speak. Lionel sat up in bed, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Maybe... Maybe I shouldn't have. It was what I wanted, my love. He looked over at her as if she were an angel in his darkness. Your love? You barely know me. It's not incest, but we are family nonetheless. Doesn't this creep you out a little? No more than you asking me to be your queen. No. When I went through my first judgment, I knew my life was never going to be the same. When I first saw you afterwards, I was immediately drawn towards you. My mother warned me that this was going to happen. I don't know if it's animal magnetism or what, but then getting to know you after all these months. I know. I felt the same way. You just feel that way because you finally got some quality pussy for the first time in this year. <laughs> no, I really do. I really feel for you, Abby. Abigail leaned in and kissed him on his lips. She noticed apprehension on his face. What is it, my love? What if... What if I can't beat Finn? This most certainly is going to start a solely onto civil war. That has already started, Lionel. Your fight with him will be the culmination of this war, its apex. The usurpers will be illegitimate. The only way they can sustain power is by having beaten you in the proper and honorable manner. My brother is not honorable, at least not anymore. I'm not even sure that he ever was. If he wins regardless, he is Aikichi. Because of your love for me, could you handle living with him as your Aikichi? This was something that she never really thought about. House McGregor would be in charge, but she would be viewed as a heretic in their eyes because she didn't side with her family. She sided with honor like her father would have. I follow you. You are my Aikichi. I forfeited my right to live as long as I carry a child of yours. They will try to kill me anyway. These bastards of McGregor who forsook honor will get a rude awakening. She looked at him with loving eyes and crawled on top of him and laid down on his chest. She realized that this moment of comfort, this moment of love and affection, might be Lionel's last. Time passed as they fell asleep in each other's arms. By the time Abigail woke up, Lionel was no longer there. Jason Stark perched on a spire from above a Catholic church near the city of Las Vegas. He watched as he was waiting for someone to come that he was highly anticipating. No one noticed him from above, as the knight granted him stealth and obfuscation. A woman with dark brown hair and a sky-blue overcoat started to walk toward the church in question, but was hesitant to come too close. Stark realized why. Ah... Uh. There we are. Stark leapt down from the spire and landed softly onto the ground, as if gravity were a mere plaything for him. The woman, who could see him perfectly fine, sighed. It took a lot for me to get this for you, Stark. Or should I call you by your other name? Akabil? Call me what you wish. Only make sure you listen and comply carefully. 
Looking good, Lilith. You remembered our agreement? Lilith put out her hands and closed her eyes. She said some unintelligible words as a large and ornate sigh appeared in her hands. Yes, I give you Azrael's scythe. Yes! Akabil said as he took the ornate and powerful weapon into his hands. This is so you continue Azazel's mission. You mean Samyaza's mission? For now, they are one and the same, at least until Samyaza wises up to Azazel's intentions. There are some things I don't get at this point with you. What did you get out of this? What do you, the Gregory, have to do with you? Lilith walked up closer to Akabil and put her hands on the sullen angel's face. Suffering. I want heaven to suffer. I want hell to suffer. And thanks to the machinations you've placed behind the scenes, what we want is already in motion. Now go, release your brethren. The closest one to you is in the Mojave Desert. When you're finished, I need you in Baltimore. Akabil looked at the scythe in his hands. I cannot. Not yet, and not until the morning. The blood of an Aikichi is needed for this ritual to work. Very well, but I suggest caution. Both sides are getting suspicious of what's going on, and if the Master interferes... The Master, the creator of all, the knower of all, he hasn't truly interfered in anything in quite a long time. If we haven't been stymied yet, I'm pretty sure the Master is biding his time. Even if you find your brethren, Heaven's forces will surely try to stop you from performing the right to sever the bonds. You must do it fast. I can say with the utmost certainty that Heaven nor Hell can stop us from doing this. Like you said, our plans are coming to fruition. Akabil became enamored with Lilith. I want one more thing though, my dear. I want to. I want to taste your lusts and feel your pleasure. Lilith opened her overcoat to reveal she had nothing on underneath. I thought you, Grigori, had your sex organs removed. Either way, you can take me if you wish, but it will only be sex. My heart, if it still exists, belongs to another. Lionel woke up and stared at the lovely young woman who was lying in his bed. It was bittersweet. Now he had a mate worthy of calling his queen, and after the morning, he might no longer be alive. He quietly left the bed and stepped into the bathroom to shower. He would still look his best even though he was in prison. He would stand tall even though he had every reason not to. The rules of the fight which he had to adhere to in order to gain the throne properly have been passed down from time memoriam. These were the core values of the tenets of the Fahari. First, they fight as the lions they were. No attack in lion form would be good for the opponent in human form. So as a way to promote equality of the fight, both combatants must be in their war forms. Secondly, all the heads of the remaining families must attend or forfeit their role of confidence in the proceedings. Thirdly, the battle must be completed without weapons of any kind. Only the claws, muscle, and teeth. No weapons, especially those made of silver, were to be present in the arena of battle. <laughs> 
sadly, because of how Finn McGregor was, he couldn't take any of those for face value. He was in for the fight of his life. Hail to the King, episode 11, The Deal. In the cast you heard, Mai of the Shoe, played by Lindsay Bashera. Gatekeeper Argentum and Lilith, played by Tess Miller. Finn McGregor, played by Danny Atwell. Finn's butler, Agent Jason Stark, played by Ferg Burke. Abigail McGregor, played by Kelly Hunter. And Lionel King, played by Jesse Kirkland. Special effects by Zapsplat.com Hail to the King by Avenged Sevenfold Mistress for Christmas by ACDC Almost Paradise by Mike Reno and Ann Wilson Hail to the King is a Dark Charm Media production Copyright 2023 All rights reserved Stay tuned for the finale of Hail to the King <laughs>